This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Hope you're well. I've got a conversation with Scotty Carstairs from Fallujah to share with you. The catalyst of the chat is due to the launch of a new album for 2022 from the group. It is titled Empyrean, and it is an absolute cracker. I love going deep into the mechanics of songwriting, production, the way Scotty's decided to approach his guitar playing on this album. We do all of that throughout this chat. I really enjoyed it, I must say. Before we get to the conversation, if you have tuned in via the podcast apps, I have selected a tune for your listening pleasure titled Soul Breaker. And once it is done, we'll dive into the chat. Of course, you people on YouTube, you know the drill. I can't play music on YouTube, unfortunately. So we'll get stuck into the chat right now. Either way, let's go. I'm 
Yo, what up, man? Scotty, how's things, mate? Going good, dude. Friday here in California, 5.30 Friday. How's it for you? Yeah, not too bad. I've got a fucking busy day ahead, I've got to be honest with you. I've got uh-huh. – I'm also a musician, can you tell? This yeah, isn't yeah, a show, yeah. by the way. I've been practicing and I've got a – I hate photo shoots. I don't know about you, but I've got one in the moment. And then oh, got sick. Gig, got a gig up north. I, I, I don't, do you like photo shoots? Are they things you can vibe on or do you just sort of mm-hmm. – Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. I don't know. It depends. I used to get anxious. I guess it depends on how the last one went. <laughs> the last one went good. You're like, the last one went bad. You're like, damn it. What are we going to fuck this one up too? <laughs> Something like that. But, but yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Or yeah, just getting ready for stuff when you just want to jam at home. You're just like, God damn. All right. Where's where's north for you? Uh, sunshine. Uh, close to the Sunshine Coast. So I'm on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Okay. Yeah. All right, so- yeah, so similar to Florida, I think, is probably the equivalent. If you had a, you know, you could draw a comparison between where I live and, or Hawaii, I suppose. I've been to Hawaii. It was like, wow, this is like home. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. Australia. I've only been there one time, man, but God, I had so much fun there. I just can't wait to go back, dude. It's so sick. It's a good time. I, I actually believe you should be a lot bigger here. You know that because, uh, I mean, you've got the psychroptic thing coming up, of course, but your music is tailor-made yeah. for our tastes. Really? That's interesting. You, you said that. That's exciting. I'm slowly getting to understand what Australians like. I don't really know, but but I mean, Neoblitoscaris, they've always been brought up like mm. for, like relating us to the band. And I know they're big in uh, Australia. I've always thought we could tour together, you know, mm. whatever. But dude, I hope we can go back soon. We were supposed to go back and then the pandemic, you know, canceled oh. everything, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. We're here now. We got a new record. So hopefully we'll be able to get over there. If you guys let us. <laughs> Yeah, well, you guys are just getting better and better. We had a conversation about three or four years ago. I can't remember now. And I spoke to your old singer as well. I've been doing this for a couple of right. years now. And uh, I thought I thought you were you were very good on Undying Light. I must say, I vibed on that album there. But you just fucking nice. nailed it with Empyrean. And yeah, that's awesome. But do you, do you put that down to the new members, or are you are you just yourself? Are you just getting to the next level as a writer and as a player? Do you think? I think I think we just like kind of really found ourselves. You know, it's like really weird when you you write all these records from like a young age, and it's like all you do with all your free time. Like this is all I've ever done for it's, since I was like fifteen or sixteen or something like that. And the first record was released when I was like eighteen or something, and I spent like two years up until that. And it's just always been once the touring got going, it was always go on tour and then write music for Fallujah and kind of got this whole thing going. And with Undying Light, you know, and member changes and all that, and like an opportunity to try new things. I was like, I need to like get out of the kind of hamster wheel of like making stuff that's like to impress people. And kind of, it was kind of like, I didn't want to repeat the same ideas again. And the band's always been known for like kind of pushing the envelope and trying new things and developing. So I just kind of wanted to clear my palate and try these, new ideas that were like more shoegazy and grungy and stuff. And it was like, mm-hmm. I think doing that, like really kind of cleared everything out for me. And it made me just feel so good as like an artist, like, like getting, like accomplishing this like goal that was kind of like difficult, you know, and challenging for my brain. It wasn't like I just could improvise writing, which is usually you kind of just sit down and let it flow out or whatever. But every time I would do that, it would just sound like the old records. And it was just kind of like, it was just not vibing with it. So I needed to sit down and like, consciously like come up with these concepts and then try to execute them while recording it and it's like we finished that record and it was almost like you know we sat down to write this record 
before the pandemic happened. It was kind of during some of the, the touring for Undying Light. And I just knew I like I wanted to attack this new album like the same way we did as if it was like our first album. You know what I mean? And like the, the whole point, like like reestablish this band's sound and with like a super aggressive kind of vicious energy to it. And, you know, from from like the way the riff sound and the complexity to it and to how like dazzling the guitar work was, I really wanted just to be like super intense in a lot of different ways. So that was like the initial goal from the very beginning. And then as soon as the pandemic happened, it was like, you know, it was lame and kind of scary, like having everything change. And it, it did change a lot, you know, it changed our lineup, you know, it changed, it did, it's, it's chaos for everybody. And I, I'd rather have my problems than anybody else's. People went through a lot of, a lot worse stuff. And uh, it was kind of just like, all right, well, you said you were going to make, I cause you know, I wanted to, to reestablish band. I wanted to be the best record we've ever done. I wanted to be the most intense guitar work that's ever been done. And it was kind of like, all right, well now you have time to do it, sit down and do it or don't, you know what I mean? Like you could go figure something else, figure something else out with your life or whatever, go get a job or something. And, yeah. you know, I think we just decided we were just all inspired, just like, yeah, we're going to put together the craziest, most insane record and it's going to be new, but it's going to still represent the band and the catalog we have. And it's kind of going to set the stage for what we, what we do during this decade really and yeah we just didn't uh we took pulled all the stops you know what i mean we just put in so much work into this every single member that was involved like they mm. they brought their a game was crazy so yeah this record is really magical for me because you know what we set out to do and had really high hopes and like you know you do that with every record but you know you're only allowed a certain amount of time and eventually yeah. it just turns out the way it does it's still a product you still got to finish it and turn it into the record label so you always aim super, super high. And then it turns out the way it does and it's all good. But I feel like this record turned out better than where we aimed. And it's just like really awesome how everybody came together and through very uncertain times for, for the band and for the industry too, and how we like pulled it out anyway. And I can, I can almost feel it on this record. This like almost, I don't know, just like this energy, like, like we're confident, we know what we're doing and we're just gonna, we're just gonna fucking do it at the top level, you know, yeah. hopefully it comes across that way, but I just wanted to make impactful music and yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad how it turned out and the, the new members, they've really changed, uh, you know, they really brought it to a different level for me, you know, it's cool. Mm -hmm. You're not fucking around. I can hear that. There's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I listened the first time. I, I got it, and and I thought, holy shit! Uh, I don't know how you did better than Undying Light, but you know, I mean, it's good to hear the progression. But it's you you've got a lot going on. And one of the things that I heard more of, you've hinted at it in the past, but was that Paul Masvidal style stuff? You know, the cynic style. Oh, yeah. You know, the the on that that bit, I couldn't tell you where it is. It's sort of toward the end though, because it's not traditional song structures, but the bitter taste of clarity toward the end of that. I I grooved on that man just constantly. Rewind play, rewind play. Oh sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. So was that was that more I wouldn't call it jazz, but you know where I'm headed. Were you trying to get even more of that in? Uh well, there was like certain sections where just like we had like we just got lucky with i don't know it's like certain sections you you know what you're going to do you're going to sit down and it's like this has to be a heavy part this has to be a big atmospheric part and then like maybe a part comes up across like uh, a duality of 10 like here we finally get this like clean jammy prog part or whatever like for me that's the progiest kind of cynic-y like timing from cynic kind of vibes or whatever and i was like ah oh, here's here's an opportunity to do a little some weird chord changes and then change the key and stuff. And it's just, it's like, I found that if I try to uh, 
if I set out to write a song with like something in my head already, like I want the song to have this in it, it like really messes things up and messes yeah. up like the momentum of the song. Instead of just kind of writing music with a general goal in mind, as in as like this is going to be a fast song, a heavy song, or an atmospheric song, let's just kind of write ideas and see how it grows into something. And if there's opportunities in there in the song as it's growing to do some of these ideas that are pre-established, you know what I mean? Then then attack and jump onto the opportunity and. What's cool is I think, uh, you know, I've always been a huge fan of Cynic. You, I can only incorporate it so much into to Fallujah because it's very aggressive. It's a completely different band, but also mm. uh, Kyle's a huge fan of Cynic. Like he's done covers of Cynic and he knows all their melody lines. I mean, wow. he has a completely different tone than Paul, but it's like we both had similar interest in that kind of music. So I think it really like lined up really well on certain sections like uh embrace oblivion his whole clean proggy kind of tool sounding mm. section like in uh uh eden's lament he gets like a nice little clean style kind of slidey guitar almost reminds me of cynic but it's his tones and stuff and yeah it's cool and that's those are parts that were never even planned to be there and it was just like he had this idea he tried it and we're like oh that sounds nice let's let's push that further maybe i'll make that twice as long and add more guitars here and cool stuff like that mm. Just on that point, there are far too many exceptional solos and lead passages to single out for me. But, but I mean, for you, if someone really pressed you and said, give me an example of what you sound like, hit me with the stuff that you think I need to hear, what, what, not even the song, but what piece inside of a song would you isolate and say, this is where I think I'm at right now? As far as like solo guitar playing? Yeah, you're taking, hitting at your technical ability because it's, man, it's, it's just magical. <laughs> Thanks, man. Well, I th this that's another one with this. I know setting down with this uh, this record. I knew I wanted the solos to be like out of this world the best. So for sure on this one, push it as hard as I can go. Like for instance, like that Radiant Ascension solo. I remember finishing writing that, mm -hmm. and like I had already been touring for like ten years. So I know what it's like when you when you write a really hard part, it like haunts you for like years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially if it becomes like something that uh you know your fans really like all of a sudden that's the song that your fans really like you're like damn i have to know that solo forever <laughs> for as long as we perform it and it's like like i remember when i was younger like the solo for alpha incipients the first song off of our first album the solo in there is just as crazy as i can make it or whatever and i had no regard for like you know having to play that for the next however many years and yeah so you know, I was, I guess, a little bit more reserved with some of the solos I made after that and trying to make it more flow. But I knew with this one, I wanted it to to scare me in the same way it did with the, the earlier songs. So, like, yeah, Radiant Ascension was one of those, like, uh, I don't know if I'm sure about this. Like, I finished it and, like, performed it. And I'm like, this is going to be fucking insane to play every single night. Like, this, mm. this could be, like, cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. But it's just, like, it has to be insane. And so that's kind of how all the solos went, like disregard for that. And let's just make it as crazy as possible. And even a little bit past maybe what I'm comfortable with doing. And, and hopefully I'll, I'll push it to make it. So Radiant Ascension is like that. But if I was trying to show somebody where I'm at as like a guitar player, I'd have to probably pick the solo in, um, uh, in Artifacts just because like it, there's like this balance between like what I like about fusion guitar and like kind of blues and stuff where it's not on a grid. It's just a lot of feel. It's almost like someone singing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I also really love like the solos that are off of, you know, necrophagous albums and obscure albums like Christian ones yeah. are like super on the grid. Everything is perfectly arranged. Every downbeat has to be perfectly mapped out. So the arpeggios fit all perfect. And it's like, 
you know, I love both of those things, but sometimes I don't like it when it's one or the other. And I think, you know, some songs you try to do that, but they come out a certain way. I feel like on Artifacts, I was able to get that kind of like, you know, metal guitar player on the grid. But then there are times I'll fall off the grid and do these legato lines that have like groupings of fives. And even just like, I think, because I was trying to get natural takes of the solo, like I was shredding through it. I think there was one where I just abandoned a note and just like go into a bend and you could hear it's not even on rhythm too much. And it just gives mm. it this really cool, cool sound. And so if you're asking me what I would like to be represented by, I think I would do that one because it, it mixes that like guitar fusion influence I have, but still like that metal influence because I really love like Greg Howe and Alan Holdsworth and yeah, they weren't always the Alan, mate. Yeah. 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 They did. There are Steve I too. And they weren't always on the, the grid. It wasn't an exact, like every single note falls right in that 16th note triplet thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I like that in between almost makes it sound like organic, like a take. It sounded like a, a moment as opposed to this is how it was always going to sound no matter what, because you were going to beat it into submission with quantizing or whatever. Oh, thank you for not yeah. doing that, by the way. Really? Yeah, dude, it's a challenge. It's really, it's hard to, once you're in there for like hours and hours, oh. all of a sudden your brain starts to be like, align it, align it. You're like, mm. you've got to let go. Yeah. It's bad. And there's too many yeah. albums that come out like that. And I can hear you haven't done that to your point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Drums too, especially with drums. Yeah. yeah. That's it's really terrible. the most for me. Yeah. You can't, I, I listen to, I must get like tens of new releases a week. And just with sure. digital audio work, workstations being so easy to access and purchase and what have you, all this shit comes in and you can hear it's not recorded all of that well in terms of it doesn't have the gloss that you guys have got. You know, they don't have a bloke like Mark to work with, but everything's lined up. And I'm I'm a bassist, so I can pick that straight away. I'm like, no, don't do it yeah. because it's got to got to breathe. Totally, yeah, dude. I, I mean, to be honest, I, like I didn't. It took me a while to learn that growing up, really. Like this, because you know, I I started recording the guitars to save money because it was just like this this music so technical, and it was like such the worst feeling going into the studio and being like rushed, and then it coming out like you're used to listening to like necrophages and then you hear just like live takes edited. You're like, bro, I sound sloppy as shit. This doesn't even sound close to what I want. So I wanted to spend more time at home and I was started this at 17. You don't know shit about anything. And you're just trying to make it straight and clean. You know what I mean? And then you realize you're losing some life to it. And it just took many years of many different recordings. Like, you know, the bass was especially hard for me. Like, like the earlier bass recordings of that, because I would record our bassist, like, dude, mm. like, it was a train wreck. I had so much to learn how to make it natural. And, and it took me even the longest time before uh, we had tempo changes in our songs. And that's another thing I like about this album is there's a lot of tempo changes, even minuscule ones that go from maybe it goes to a fast part to a heavy part. It's like, let's just drop at 5 BPM because that's probably what you would do live. You know what I mean? Everybody would slow down and get into the groove and, I don't know. Once you, if you forget that and you're listening to the music, something feels more like organic about it. It's like super cool sounding. Hmm. What happened with the other members? Did you guys just go separate ways, or did the, was the pandemic have such a? Because I know you're in California, a bit like Victoria yes. here, mate, where you couldn't bloody leave your home practically. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the case. So is that what happened? Yeah, for uh, I'd say for the most part, maybe it was stuff that could it was gonna happen eventually, and then like the pandemic was like the push, you know, like mm. like for instance, our bassist he'd been in the band for every single record, all the way up and until now until the pandemic, and like the guy has been like 
helps with everything. Maybe he doesn't help so much with like writing the music, but he's been there for everything logistically, making those tours happen. There's a lot of work that goes into it, like the band and the trailer and helping with merch and just working as a group together. And then you have this time where it's like, you know, that's kind of part of it, like waiting for us to finish writing the music so we can get back to it. But now there's like nothing to get back to and you almost have to have faith that it's all going to end and wait around. So like for him, it's like, I think he wanted to, to try new things in his life. He'd been a, the basis for like a death metal band going on that journey for like four albums, toured everywhere I toured, you know what I mean? Including when we hit Australia. And I think he was like, I think I could do other things, you know, smart enough to do other things. And I think he wanted to get an education with the time that he had. So yeah, yeah nothing against that. I and I, I really appreciate because he knows how much work goes into uh, to writing a record. I'm the kind of person where it's like I drop literally everything and I put everything I have into it. Like I don't, you know, that's why you just can't really do it. You know what I mean? Like you can't half do it. It'll take five years if you do it like half like after work or something like that. Unfortunately, like it's just this kind of music yeah. requires so much time. And like if you're going to be involved, I'm going to like need a lot from you because i'm trying to like lighten the load or whatever so yes yeah, so that and then yeah that's, that's the other thing is like the motivation like you know some of us are modern and made motivated like we're going to go on tour with slayer in a month but we're in the middle of a pandemic you know what i mean and we have to just have that mentality like this has to be the best music we have to put in this crazy amount of work like like you know you kind of have faith you gotta have like kind of faith that this is going to be worth your time because and i think that's always a challenge for like people who are creative like am i even using my time useful like am i just kind of fulfilling my ego by yeah. working on music like because it makes me feel better and it's like you know you can't ask everybody to be as motivated as you are and i you know that causes tension when when people are not willing to put in that work or don't have like faith that this work is going to be worth it and i think that was another reason why other members split up with us it's like it's like dude we can't act like this is gonna we're gonna have years to do this like this is happening now we're gonna go hard right now even if there is literally no sign that this pandemic is gonna end because it's like this is what i do i gotta get this done it's gotta be insane so that's kind of no, where right, it yeah. was yeah it's only natural to cycle through members in the genre too because it is a hard graft as you know you've done all of the touring i don't have to explain a goddamn thing to you because you've, you've been there you've written the book practically so <laughs> But the but the new guys as well have, have they got the experience out in the road as say the other guys? Do you, do you like in other words, do you have faith that say an eight week tour or this tour with Psychroptic is you're going to pull it off successfully? Oh yeah, well the, I mean luckily I got to I get to try I got to have them on the tour at Rivers. If you asked me before that tour, I would have been like I'm pretty sure it's going to be okay, but I don't know for <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah. after we did the tour with Rivers, I mean Kyle Kyle would say would be the newest one to touring. Mm. The other members are all been touring and you know i guess not green as you would say but i think the guy is just so like that was probably the least experience he had was the the performing touring aspects everything else he's really he's written a lot of music and recorded a lot of music and he's always been working on me so insanely sick and it was, he was so good at that and there was just no way we couldn't have him on this record so it was like we'll figure out doing the tours or whatever he had performed, you know what I mean? But not like this, like you said, this level eight weeks, you're dealing with like headliners and schedules. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, could get pretty grody or whatever. Got to deal with a lot. And, uh, yeah, he's, he did it like he did everything else where he puts in a lot of work, you know, and he just like, he put, it was just funny because he puts more work than what I've seen other artists do. It's like, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but you know, sometimes I'm like, like maybe it's members that have been in band for a really long time. You've done touring. It's not as scary or whatever. So it's kind of like 
you know, have you practiced? And they're like, no, nah, dude, I'll just, we'll just figure it out during rehearsal. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, fuck, I can't, you can't everybody like be obsessed with practicing the way you want to be or whatever. And you just make it work. But I noticed that like, yeah, he had the whole sit down like well in advance. I was like, bro, I don't even have to sit down, like chill out. You know? So I knew he, he just took, he just took it seriously. It wasn't like one of those, like, Oh, it'll be okay. I'll figure it out as we go. It was like, no, I'm going to prepare as much as I can. You can't really prepare. You got to learn some things in the moment, but I mean, he did everything he could do and, and it showed when, when he performed live, it's like, I think he killed it. And the response was really awesome. Like I, I was just kind of blown away by hearing that's how you gauge it is you chill out the merch table and just hear people's reaction. And most, most of the time they'll be honest with you. I've heard people be like, yeah, the music was sick. I didn't like the vocals or, or you guys didn't sound like this. And I could just tell that people were really excited and they, they really liked what he was bringing. And I don't know, it was kind of, it was kind of a funny situation because unfortunately the vocals before had such a hard time uh, with fans. And it seems like people are quickly embracing Kyle. I'm just like, ah, like, like, doesn't always turn out like this, Kyle. It's, it's funny. He's like, oh, it's yeah, not so bad. yeah. yeah. I, I believe it's going to work. You heard of the law of attraction? The not the the bullshit version of it, but the Esther Hicks stuff, the vortex stuff. Have you ever gotten to that before? Maybe. If maybe I've watched a YouTube video on it. May re-explain it to me. What is it? Fascinating stuff. It just talks about this this energy stepping into. Oh, gosh, I'm going to fuck it up. But best thing I can say to you is just get a clip that's been watched a lot. Esther Hicks, The Vortex, check it out. It just, there's nothing better than feeling good and doing what you're meant to be doing with your life. And because of that, all of these cooperative components are aligned. So when somebody else steps out, all this, all of a sudden something even better appears. And it, it feels like that's happening for you guys. I mean, yeah, the best, the, the feeling I've just had is just, just remaining just grateful because like, it seems like we have had a lot of luck with like, you know, just with certain situations and like being able to find someone like Kyle who's willing to be, because we had to find the vocalist beforehand. It's really, really hard to find somebody that, that checks all those things, especially the biggest one. Like, how do you find somebody who's talented and also around our age and willing to drop everything to go on tour? Like, because when we put this album, I want to tour a lot on it. And that's kind of a lot to require somebody that's, you know at the level that we want and so just grateful that we found him grateful that evan was stoked on the music and wanted to be a part of it and like he was super inspired and it seemed like everybody was you know because a lot had happened with the band and through the pandemic and like the response to the last record i think everybody as opposed to being kind of like put down and like wanting to give up it was like we we're all fired up and energized and we just wanted only people because that was part of the auditioning is like like you're you're not just going to come in here just because like you want to continue in a band or something like that or you just want to be able to perform like we want somebody super excited that's going to make something that's impactful you know mm. and, like that's we're doing something that's really important to us whether it's going to be important to the world or not so so i only wanted to be involved with people like that and that's who we got and it's like i you know i feel it on the record it feels good it's like something like I, when i listen back to records i Think about how I felt when we were making them, and certain records have certain feelings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this record just, just feels good, like a, a really positive feeling from it. Like we did what we set out to do, and and also the message is very inspiring and positive. So it's cool. Your career is certainly following a different trajectory to Lucas Mann, and I'm not throwing any shade at Lucas at all because I like I like the bloke, but you know what's been <laughs> going on. Shit. 
Uh, not really, dude. I, I'm, I'm actually pretty close friends with uh, lots of people have been involved differently. And, and I think we grew up in the same town too. So we, oh, wow. we, we, we vaguely knew each other. Like, like he's oh, been really? at my house. We, we just like, <laughs> he's been at my house when I was like 16 once when I was recording our first album, he just like huh. stopped by to say hello. And, but yeah, I don't know. I've always known members, but I, it's honestly, I, I miss so much. Cause I'm either like getting ready to do my stream on Twitch or I'm like rehearsing music. Sometimes I like, I'm not up to date <laughs> with what's going on or, or I just don't care. I'm like, oh, what are yeah. they doing now? Oh no, I was just <laughs> thinking that they, they either got, I think they got booted from nuclear blast. I don't know that. I was just reading between the lines on the press. Oh, I think, so, I think I heard something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys are on nuclear blast and they were, they were going along quite well and their gig down here, mate, was fantastic, but you need that stability and, Nuclear Blast do provide that. So going to, a, yeah. say, a, a, a more indie label or what have you, you might be able to tell them what to do, but it's not always within your best interest. Yeah, and, and sometimes they just tell you the reality too. Like, you know, it's like that's kind of hard. To, like growing up, it's what I've kind of like you want things to happen a certain way and maybe the industry is just like not set up for it to happen in the way you want it to happen and you just kind of have to have some like, you know like it's just like some hard realities and we have to work within these boundaries for now you know what i mean maybe we could grow into something that can defy these boundaries but you know i think i think it's like nuclear blast really helps give us the record of best the best chance it could have to impact people and that's all i'm really looking for you know they're cool people and all but you know just need to get it to as many people as possible because that's why i made the music for people to listen to it for sure yeah, yeah they definitely give you that platform yeah no doubt and yeah. look I, be I better make this my final question because i think you got another one in a minute or two's time so um the uh mark mark lewis how could i not talk yeah. about mark yeah tell me why, why did you decide to work with him again i mean the, besides the fact the guy's like super talented like <laughs> we get along super well like that's like his humor and like work work ethic that's exactly like how i like to work i like to goof around but like this is really serious you know we're going to put all of ourselves into this like so we, we already gotten to know each other he recorded dreamless he recorded undying light and i think uh you know just with like the goals with writing this album like i i wanted to like make something insane make it something that is like our best work and talking to Mark and, you know, responding to the critic. It's like all of it, like Undying Light was all of our, some of our favorite work. It's my favorite, you know what I mean? As far as the tones and like sonically how it sounds, like we were in the studio recording that album, like we just couldn't believe how good these tones were coming out. And I think the music allowed it for, to be more open and heavy and stuff like that. And we we're super stoked. And the vocal tones we were just like, oh gosh, it's so sick. And then, you know, it, we get a bunch of criticism which i don't mind the criticism or regret doing what i did it felt really good for me but i think mark is like what the fuck? this record was fucking insane like how getting all pissed <laughs> off so i think he had this energy too when we came when i came to him like this is what i want to do this is the kind of style i was thinking with it and i don't know like we can go with somebody else but how do you feel about it he had this energy like i'm ready to make the sickest record ever with you guys let's fucking make this crazy as possible you know what i mean he has this energy like like oh let's 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 really get to it and then when we finally got to the studio with him you know some people hype you up like oh yeah we're gonna fucking kill it and then they're like on their phone during the session they're like they, they got you in the room they got the job you know so you're there yes. now they could they could chill out no more time yeah, to sell okay. or whatever but yeah. that's 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 not how he was man everything he did was super tedious he was making sure that every element we were getting absolutely the best and he didn't spare any time including from 
just day to day like you would get up he would like get up earlier than i did and like start working on the editing and we would go you know we're supposed to stop at like six or something to have regular 10 hour days that's already long but we just go to eight to nine order food and yeah and it was just really just cool stuff where you could just tell you really cared that this had to be every element had to be good you know just the amount of time we spent trying to find the guitar tones you know i think we went through 27 different speakers recorded all like certain type of riff through uh, three different types of riffs through each of those speakers and then like oh, went God. through which one's the best one and then oh, yeah, no, his, yeah. His, that, his, dude, it's, it was yeah. for me as like guitar nerd it was like such a fun learning experience so like i felt like it, my ears got better just being there and figuring out how to do this but yeah we took the time and he, it took so much time just like you listen to four you record it you do all this stuff and then you have to go in there and unscrew all that shit and put in new cones and it's just like very tedious like laborious work but he didn't care he just kept going and we did the same thing with the drums like the funniest part was just like almost being there i thought we were ready like we spent all this time on the picking which kit and then the, the drum kit and then the cymbals were taking forever he's finally recording the first track and he's going for him like here we go this is it this has been we've been setting this up for like a week literally like the tones and then he he finishes recording this first couple takes and mark's like yeah that symbol doesn't sound right we gotta oh. go to us <laughs> he's like i'm gonna call up a few studios and he calls up a few studios in nashville and we spent the rest of the day driving around nashville testing out these symbols got like three or four of them to bring back to test and you know it sucks you're like oh i thought we were gonna start but once we got that symbol in it was like it's perfect it's it is perfect it really was like the symbol that was sticking out all of a sudden no longer sticking out like so yeah we rescheduled flights multiple times i think we're supposed to be there like four and a half weeks we were there for like six weeks i was there from the beginning to the end and members were coming in and, and leaving as i was hanging out there the whole time and i was tracking in the other room when i had free time because it's just so much stuff to track with all the leads and stuff so it was a crazy time <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> congratulations totally worth, it, totally worth yeah. it yeah congratulations for having the wherewithal to put in the bloody work for a start okay <laughs> for forging a career the way that you have you're just on this awesome trajectory at the moment it's uh as great as empyrean is i'm probably more excited to see where you head in the next five, sort of five years or so so and that includes yeah, coming cool, down man. here because I'd, I'd love to catch up and have a beer dude yes please man as soon as possible let's i tell everybody like get that going bro like i cannot wait it was such a tease because i thought we were going to go to australia plus japan and I was just so excited and it was like coming up and then it all got canceled. I was like, no. So it's like that wound is never going to heal until we we go and hang out. Yeah. yeah. But dude, I, I appreciate the kind words, man. Uh, thanks for doing the interview. And yeah, I just want to get this music to as many people as possible. So hopefully people enjoy it. Yeah, I'll do my bit here, mate. So congratulations Jeez. again. And uh, thanks very much for the chat. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, good luck with uh, your drive and your photo shoot and all that. <laughs> thanks, yeah. mate. We'll do. I'll listen to you guys on the way up. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, thanks, thanks again, man. All right, have a good uh, rest of your Saturday, bro. No worries, mate. All the best. Catch you again. Later, man. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Scotty Carstairs from the group Fallujah. What a fantastic fella and an exemplary musician. That album, by the way, titled Empyrean. We'll see Light of Day on the 9th of September 2022, in addition to the cut that I played up the top, if you're listening via the podcast apps, it was titled Soulbreaker. 
There are two other tracks that are available, Embrace Oblivion and Radiant Ascension. Check them out, holy shit. Scotty is just going to an entirely different level to most, it must be said. Now I've got some information that I want to share with you fairly soon about my book, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. There's more podcast episodes for you to dive into over at the website as well. It's all happening. Before you listen to that though, I'm going to bid you a fond farewell. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast. Until next time, it is a very goodbye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the the fans and the staying power of the the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms it, yes. Playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, I, just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he, he was, very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself, 
Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>